Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is another episode of Talking Addiction and Recovery, and my name is Andrew Schreier. I'm going to start with the episode talking about flying. And in the past two months, I've traveled out west a bit to visit some family and do some trail running more recently. And I can admit that I'm a fan of flying, and mostly for two reasons. One, it gets me from A to B quite quicker uh, in comparison to driving or other transportation, but the other thing that I enjoy about flying is I use it to get a lot of stuff done, mostly reading. When I travel, I probably have two or three books with me, and some work comes with me sometimes, but also maybe a journal or a notebook. And I'm the guy who is sitting there no matter how early it is, how late it is. I'm definitely the one with the uh, overhead light on getting stuff done. So... I have a, a little routine that I get into where I get my books, I get my, my journal or my notebook, I got my music playing with me, and I'm pretty much set to go, and I look forward to it. So, And I know airplanes and traveling has stressors, you know, delayed flights, being stuck on the runway, lost luggage, all that kind of stuff. But despite some of those difficulties, uh, flying just helps get to where I need to go. And I want to talk about when I'm in my like zone of got my music going on, got my books ready to go, that when I'm sitting on the plane, there's always something I make sure to stop whatever I'm doing and listen to and pay attention. That is the announcement about the oxygen mask. They explain what happens to the plane, what's going on, where the oxygen mask comes from, and how to properly use it. And I listen to that because flying continues to teach me one of the most important life lessons, which is self-care. And the title of this episode is Self-Care, The Oxygen Mask Needed Through Life's Travels. And self-care is talked about a lot. And it's talked about over and over again. And we talk about it when it comes to people with their recovery, talk a lot about it when it comes to family members and significant others of someone who has a substance use problem. In fact, I write a whole chapter in my book about it dedicated to family members and significant others because I believe it's really important for them to identify that. But no matter if I'm working with some someone who has a substance use issue, mental health, uh, some life stress that's going on, more often than not, the part of self-care comes up somewhere along the line. And the best way I've found to describe that is comparing it to the oxygen mask when you're on a plane. So they give you, if you've ever been on a plane, they give you that, that little spiel of everything. And the most important one comes when they say, be sure to secure your own mask before assisting others. And it's the most important life-saving message we can receive because when you look at it in the sense of self-care with addiction, when you look at addiction to alcohol and drugs or gambling, uh, pornography, sex, stuff like that, normally that leads to the exact opposite of self-care. You know, self-care is entirely neglected. You know, the addiction has become more important than sometimes food. Uh, resentments, which I've termed as recovery killers, develop constantly and they become a reason to continue using or a, re a reason to return to using even after someone's been abstinent. 
Alcohol and drug use can lead to isolation from loved ones and peers. It can damage relationships and a result feeling pretty much all by yourself. Not to mention that using, being preoccupied with it, recovering from the effects of it, and all that is extremely exhausting. So we look at all those pieces. Addiction is really neglecting self-care in a lot of ways. And this happens with family members too. You know, they, they pour out into trying to help the person with the addiction, trying to manage it, take care of it, maybe clean up after it. All those efforts, you know, I, the one example I can really, that comes to mind is when I was working with kids and we would go to court and sometimes we'd go to court quite often or we had to meet with a case manager and I knew of parents who burned through their sick time or their vacation time because of having to go to these appointments uh, financially have had to pour a lot into it so this is an area that affects everyone um, when it comes to work relationships people who are caretakers people raising families I mean self-care is a priority for all of us and sometimes we have a hard time putting that into practice which is what I'm going to try and get into is like how do we actually apply it instead of just talking about it and talking about it because there are times where I've said this a few times I talked to someone about it and despite all the talking there's this gap between someone actually doing it so I'm sure somewhere along the line someone has told you how important it is to take care of yourself like this is nothing new or groundbreaking but for many of us it continues to be ignored maybe we push it aside maybe we push through it and sometimes we even neglect it so let's first look at why is that what are some of those barriers and I identified five of them that I often see and number one is people believe self-care equates to being selfish and first and foremost, self-care is a priority. It's not being selfish. We may hold some guilt and shame if we believe taking care of ourselves is something that is looked at as a selfish act, when in fact it's a necessity. And we're going to talk more about that later on. Number two is that other people may view taking care of ourselves as selfish and this can you know obviously impact that other one where we then start to question our own thing is if someone starts to question us we might begin to question ourselves when it comes to doing that so we might have a fear that other people will call our actions or behaviors into question they may say oh how can you do that when they need you or how can you be so cold or how can you do this when you know how can you be thinking about yourself Someone can easily mistake in your self-care for selfishness. And another thing is people may also not want you to take care of yourself because they want something from you. And I know that's a little harsh and I know that's kind of a little cold. But an example I can think of is when working in the inpatient residential program and the residents there couldn't leave, couldn't work. Uh, it was pretty much treatment all the time. I would see residents wanting their loved ones to bring money, some food or some clothing. The family member would say they can't because of maybe they're working later. They got um, other things to do. They have to run errands or responsibilities. And the individual, the resident would get upset that they couldn't do that. So there's a concern that maybe 
if I don't do something or take care of it, someone's going to be upset with me that I'm not helping them out. There's a really good example of this with uh, one of the shows I reference sometimes is Everyone Loves Raymond, where Deborah, who's the wife of Raymond, is talking to her mother-in-law named Marie, and she was talking about how Raymond was watching the kids, and Marie was um, talking to Deborah, and Deborah was like saying, oh yeah, I had to go to the dentist, I had to take care of that, and Marie was in a very sarcastic way saying, it must be nice to have time to do fun things. And I think we all know going to the dentist isn't ideally a fun thing, but there can be that sort of issue with other people looking at what we're doing is selfish, and that's not even a selfish thing that she was doing. It wasn't even something that she was taking time to herself. It was she was taking care of something that was really important, which was her health. So that can be a barrier is how other people view what our actions are. A third one is if I take care of myself, I can't help others. I think this comes a lot from people who may have that caretaking part in them, uh, parenthood part where we worry that other people will not receive the care they need if we prioritize our care first. Oh, well, they need me more. They, I can handle it. They need me. And that's really hard to do at times because of some of the situations that people are dealing with. That's completely understandable. But one of the points that I, I want to emphasize is that this is not a one or the other. Like, oh, I, I can take care of you or me, but I can't do both. But the message over and over, and I'm going to refer to the oxygen mask on the airplane, is that you can help others still, but you got to make sure to help yourself first. So it doesn't have to be, a, well, it's either me or you. It's me and then you. So I've always wondered if anyone, I'm sure other people have too, but have you ever thought of how true that statement is on the airplane about the oxygen mask? Have you ever thought to yourself, like, I wonder if I'm strong enough to help someone first and then I can help myself in the event. And I wonder if anyone else had done this. Well, thankfully, you have never had to try that. But there was a, a YouTube video out from smarter every day that actually put this to the test and it was a researcher who wanted to look into like an event of emergency you gotta put on your oxygen mask does that is that true is what they're saying accurate so he actually put himself in a situation where they recreate it and the experience of it being in a depressurized airplane cabin was replicated for his benefit. And it was triggering what was known as hypo, hypoxia-like symptoms that left him weak, disoriented, and he, he was unable to help save himself. So in the event in a plane, for example, passengers just have seconds to put that on before oxygen saturation levels drop to a point. And... By helping others first, a person will begin to lose their ability to recognize faces and shapes and eventually pass out. So case in point, through this experiment, it was proven that your flight crew, they're not saying this for fun or because it's something that they believe you should do. It, it's proven that that's how important it is. So when the flight attendants, they don't get on the loudspeaker and say, 
oh, hey, if you're strong enough, go help others first. Or if you have done this before, go help others first before yourself. They don't even say, or if you're a parent, help your child first. Even if you are a parent, they tell you to put your oxygen mask on first. What matter is taking care of yourself before helping others. But we do worry sometimes that others need our help more before ourselves. Number four, I think after a while when people get so habitual into neglecting self-care, they don't even know really how to do it. Like what does self-care really look like? Maybe I've spent so much time neglecting myself that I'm not even sure what it really is. Taking care of others, by the way, is not self-care. I got some people who tell me, well, taking care of other people, that that is my self-care. That does make me feel good. So there's a difference between something making you feel good and something about self-care. So being someone who enjoys helping others, taking care of people, there's nothing wrong with that, but that's not a way to give self-care. It's actually doing the opposite of what we are trying to work towards. Another fifth and final one is we also look at the other priorities. We also look at how, how easy it is for us to put something else in front of our own self-care because we believe there's someone or something else that's more important. So, oh, if I just finish these emails or take care of these chores or complete this task, we constantly tell ourselves we will just do one or two things and then we'll relax and take a break if there's time. And how often do we run into it where there's no time then and our self-care gets constantly pushed off, brushed aside, we'll do it later. I mean, think of all the other things that we sort of take care of on a regular basis. The two that come to mind are our phones are charged and our gas tanks are filled up. So we make sure that those things don't get to, I mean, how many times do some people charge their phone a day? Uh, Hopefully you're not getting gas every day, but we know you make sure that the gas tank doesn't get all the way to E, but we don't treat our, our bodies that way and our mind that way. Even though that's the most valuable thing we have, we don't look at that way. We'll let ourselves burn to the ground to exhaustion. But we'll definitely make sure that we got a phone cord in our bag to make, or even in our office, in our car, so that our phone doesn't die. And I found a really great quote that said, uh, there's a picture of a phone that was uh, a battery on it that said that the battery was dead and said, you wouldn't let this happen to your phone. Don't, don't let this happen to you either. Self-care is a priority, not a luxury. So there's a lot of things that we make sure to take care of. And I'm not saying those things are wrong to do, but to choose to take care of those things more than we take care of ourselves are those are examples of neglecting our self-care and these are things that we have to pay attention to so with all these barriers 
going on, we have to look at how do we prioritize self-care? How do we say to ourselves that it's important? And that's the first thing right there that we need to do. So number one, and this is the application part of what we're talking about, is self-care is vital. Say it again. Tell it to yourself. Self-care is vital. Remind yourself that taking care of yourself is a priority. And this was a really good quote. This is a really good quote when it comes to how important it is. If you do not make time for your wellness, you will be forced to make time for your illness. And I can be 100% honest that this is me to a T. There are times that I will burn myself into the ground, working, doing other things, not taking care of myself, staying up later, not sleeping. And there are times where I, I have burned myself down to where I get sick. Then I get sick. And for everyone that, anyone that knows me, I am really annoyed at being sick because it interferes with my ability to do the things that I want to do. So if I would have taken some time to not go down to that the battery's worn out or my self-care meter has run out to where then I'm in that part of being sick and burning myself to the ground, I could have avoided that by just taking some time for my wellness. So if I would have maybe spent 15, 20 minutes, maybe getting more sleep here and there, I could have saved myself time being well versus then when I'm sick for the next 24, 48 hours or even longer. So remember that quote, if you do not make time for your wellness, you will be forced to make time for your illness. The second thing to do is learning how to recognize some of those signs of self-care being neglected. You know, when you think or say, I'm not having any time for myself, or I don't have time for this, or, you know, this person needs me, I can't take care of that right now when it comes to things for myself. Earlier, when I discussed the the connection with the using and how the using lifestyle is the exact opposite of self-care, I was highlighting one of the most important principles in recovery. So when I was talking about not eating... When I was talking about having resentments, when I was talking about feeling all alone, when I was talking about being exhausted, for those of you who are familiar with recovery or recovery concepts or whatnot, putting the pieces together, that represents HALT. H-A-L-T. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Those four right there are some of the basic self-care principles to look at. And that's what part of that does, is to make sure that we're paying attention to those because with with those things getting depleted, and when we look at those things, what are those means depleted? Well, eating means nutrition, and what fuels us is not, it's being depleted. Having resentments means that your tolerance is going to get depleted. Feeling all alone means that you are your connection to people is going to be depleted and being tired, exhausted, your energy is being depleted. All of those are signs of our battery getting low. 
and that is to help measure where our self-care is. So it's important to look at those signs that you are starting to neglect your own self-care. The third one is self-care does not have to be magical. I think sometimes people believe self-care is like this big, grand vacation or getaway where people are like, you just need to get away. That's self-care. You need to get away. And I'm sure some people are like, oh, yeah, um, I'll just go to the Bahamas or Italy right in between taking care of all the kids and going to treatment. Like, really? <laughs> that does not sound realistic. But I think that's it's portrayed that way sometimes that self-care is like this, well, yeah, you just need to go and leave for a little while, you know, take some time away, you know, or you just need to go to the gym, just start working out all the time, whatever the case may be. But that's a little hard to do sometimes when you're like, well, I got eight more hours of work today, or I got whatever, four more hours, or I got my, my schedules jam-packed all week, I got to do this, do that, all these types of things. So when I talk with people about simple self-care measures you just want to start looking for them in very small and extremely helpful ways i'll give you two of mine that they're not these incredible hop on a jet and fly to a magical island or something but these are two things that i do every single day that helps make sure that i'm doing something for me my number one is when you see me, I have my water with me. And that's really important. That is part of my self-care, is drinking my water. And I'll notice this too. You know, if I go an hour or two and I haven't had any water, I'll notice that I am starting to get depleted. And I can tell that my thinking gets worse, um, how I might be with someone, my energy that that is part of my self-care that gets depleted. Another one that I do as a counselor, I have what's known as the Help for the Helpers Daily Meditation Guide, which I really recommend anyone in this field to purchase and have, but it's a daily meditation for counselors. And every morning when I go into work, I plug in my computer, and while that's booting and everything, I read that And I've been doing that for about four years now. That is a part of my self-care, especially when it comes to my self-care at work. I will notice that there's a difference when I read that and I start my day in comparison to days where I don't or even when I read it afterwards. There are times where I've read it like at the end of the day and I say, why didn't I read this to start my day? That would have been... Really, really important to do. But that happens. So think of small ways in your day-to-day life that takes even a little bit of time that puts care towards you. That's something that can benefit you even for a little bit. And I'll give you one example, which I didn't think about at first, but this was one where I had a, a a client who was in residential care and I got to work, um, you know, decently early, like around like six thirty, seven ish. And 
this guy would be up every morning and he would shoot 50 free throws to start the day, 50 free throws. And sure enough, every morning I'd come in, he'd be shooting 50 free throws. It would start his day um, before any of the treatment groups started and counseling sessions and whatnot. And I remember he was about to leave. Um, he was about to graduate from the program, actually. And it was one of the last days he was there, pulled up like normal, got out. And he goes, you know, I'm going to miss this. And I go, miss what? He goes, shooting free throws. And I was like, well, how come? And he starts to tell me that, you know, shooting free throws, it got him up early. It gave him a routine. Um, it, it made him feel more awake. It was something he was focusing on, something that was giving him um, kind of like a, a goal, you know, was to get better. But he goes, you know, those are things that I miss about it. And when I asked him that, it wasn't what is it that you're going to miss from doing the free throws. But I, when I was asking how come, I really wanted him to answer, well, why can't you do that after? And so I asked him that. I said, when you leave here, why can't you do shoot? I said, you got a basketball hoop at home? Yeah, well, keep doing it. That's that's self-care. Him shooting free throws early in the morning was his way of, he was by himself. It was helping him get his mind ready to go. He felt motivated. That was self-care. And kid you not, I ended up, after he graduated from the program, he uh, relapsed and was struggling. And I, I ran into him a little while afterwards and sometimes when I talk to people I, I ask those questions of some of those things that they used to do that I remember like especially in residential because you just get to know people because um, they live there you get to know a lot about them so I was kind of one of the first things I asked him was say you know hey I wonder when you left the program did you keep shooting free throws and he goes no I didn't and I'm not saying that that alone is what was a relapse factor, but I guarantee you part of that was neglecting his self care, that he wasn't doing things to take care of himself. So think of those little things that don't have to be magical. That is a part of taking care of you, even for a, a little bit of time. The fourth one that I'm going to tell you to do is literally imagine that oxygen mask. So I'm going to ask you, how often are you putting that mask on? And one of the things I ask people is, what are your sources of oxygen? So after I've explained this to somebody, when I go into my self-care um, discussion with somebody, and after I've done that, there are times where when they're talking to me about like, oh, I've been doing this, and I've been doing that, I've been helping out with this, and I'd be, well, what's going on with your self-care? And I will literally, I will mimic that gesture of putting on the oxygen mask to them like I'll I'll act like I'm putting it on my my own face and I'll say where's where's this you need some of this but most, most importantly I ask what what is this what is it that you need to help you take care of yourself the fifth and most important one ties up that you can't help others if you're unable to help yourself and we've heard this over and over again. People say this, but the oxygen mask on a plane 
proves it. That when we neglect our self-care, when our battery is going down to zero, we can't help others. And when we try, we're going to probably struggle. We're not going to provide the best help that we can. And both parties may end up not in a good situation. So I'm going to leave you with this two final messages on self-care. And the first one is that I've been wanting to record this podcast for well over a month. But for last month, I've been dealing with, I had a sinus infection followed by bronchitis. And I know that in needing to practice what I talk about for my own self-care, I had to put off this recording until I was better. I mean, imagine this episode being all about self-care with me coughing half the time. So that was important because this is something that I wanted to do for a while. Like me not getting a new episode out isn't good. You know, wanting to to pour more out and get into this. And if I would have done this before, I could have done another episode by now. But I had to make sure that I put my self-care first, which was getting better, instead of pushing through it or trying to avoid it and probably ended up making myself worse. So the second part of this messages when I was thinking about doing this back on February 4th I was reading my daily meditation from the help for the helpers which I talked about was part of my self-care the title of that day's meditation is self-love it starts out by a quote that says but how shall we expect charity toward others when we are uncharitable to ourselves? Charity begins at home. And that's Sir Thomas Brown. And the meditation is, if my basket is filled with plums, I can't give apples. If my heart is filled with self-hatred, I can't teach you self-love. If I can't forgive myself, I can't grant you forgiveness. If I'm obsessed with perfection, I can't teach you tolerance. If my body trembles with anger, I can't teach you serenity. If I can't love myself, I can't love you. Let me remember today that especially as a counselor, charity begins at home. That's a really important message that if our self-care and you want to throw in their self-love is down to a zero we're not going to be able to give anything to others which includes helping them so remember that as we go through a lot of journeys ups and downs a lot of things going on in life one of the things that's going to get us through that, that's going to be the oxygen mask through life's travels, is self-care. Hope you learned something. Talk to you next time.